Hello everybody, welcome back to Young and Biblical. My name is Cruz, and today we have a very special guest, and it's Eric Lofton. Now, Eric Lofton is a really good friend of mine. I talk to him about just about every day, usually about Old Miss stuff, but um, he is a chaplain down in Ridgeland, Mississippi at Canton Academy, and he was the teacher of economics at my high school in my senior year. He's a really great guy. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. It's really good, probably my favorite I've ever done. So, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so introducing our guest for this week's episode, Eric Lofton. Eric was a teacher at Delta Academy where I went to high school my senior year. He was our economics teacher where he showed us Moneyball in the office. And uh, he was a baseball coach there as well and was a member of our church in Marks. So, Eric, I gave you a little introduction, but you can talk about more of your life real quick. Uh yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah, exciting and um, what you and Reed have have started here is pretty pretty cool deal. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, um, I was in Marks for five years teaching and coaching there. I really enjoyed my time there, and um, since then the Lord has moved me this year to Canton Academy, where I mm-hmm. the school chaplain and assistant football and baseball coach there and um it's been a good year so far i've I've really enjoyed it and so um it's been weird through the through the covid season but it's uh it's good nonetheless so i'm excited to uh, to be here yeah man so like canton or delta right now what's your uh what's your favorite so far Uh, i mean I i don't think you can you can pick a favorite for sure um because because like i said I, I was in delta for five years and it was a really special place um and i still have a lot of good got a lot of good memories and know a lot of good people there still and um trying to work on some more good memories here too so um yeah. they've both been very good for me in the in the season of life where i've uh, you know been placed there so yeah all right, so let's uh let's get into these questions I got for you. Um, first one's pretty simple. Is uh just like tell us about like how you became a Christian, like your faith with that. Yeah, so I um I guess I can obviously just start from the the beginning, the origin story. Um, start so I, grew up, I grew up in a small town in North Mississippi, um, Calhoun City, Mississippi. So not too far from Marks, about a hour and 15 minutes east just on the other side of oxford Um, Mm -hmm. but i grew up there and um i had a pretty normal family life actually um i feel like i was very blessed a great family life um you know both parents and and had a really really involved grandparents and uh older Mm -hmm. brother which is always nice because you can learn things from them and their mistakes and um, then you don't do those things and you stay out of trouble. So that was pretty, pretty nice to, uh, pretty nice to have. But, um, yeah, yeah, my, my family was very involved in church growing up. And so that was something that kind of kept me grounded and, and kept me, uh, going. Uh, I don't think we probably never missed a Sunday at church. Not that that, not that that's what makes you a Christian, which, I, yeah. you know, we can talk about later, but. Um, I think it definitely built a foundation for me that that led me to um, kind of be in the position that I am today, along with my my mom's dad, my grandfather on my mom's side being being a pastor and 
and get to be around that and stuff was pretty cool. So, yeah, I didn't know your uh, grandfather was a pastor. Yeah, yeah. So he he was um, all around actually. Um, I think my mom went to about uh, eight or nine different schools growing up because he he pastored in a lot of different areas. The Lord used him. Um, which is kind of cool. I had a the Delta connection with him, not even realizing it. Um, cause my, my grandmother, um, used to work just outside of Lambert whenever they were in Greenwood, pastoring in Greenwood. So that was pretty cool. Wow. That's his, cool. His last church he was at was actually in, in Calhoun County in Bruce, Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, Rocky Mount Baptist church. And just before that, he was at, at uh, actually where my brother's the mu- music director now at Antioch Baptist Church. He was there for a long time. So a lot of yeah. good memories and uh, following him around and, and seeing him preach and, and then being it with my parents at Derma Baptist growing up, too. So really good, really good. I was really lucky to to be, um, you know, put in those positions to have a good foundation. Yeah. So, like, you're talking about all these, like, really good Christians in your life. Who do you think was the most influential person when you are growing up? Yeah, so uh, it's obviously, um, I know for a lot of people, you know, they could have maybe one person that really sticks out. Um, mm. As, you know, as we were just talking, I, I was really lucky to have have a lot. I mean, you know, my parents um, just just always being there for me, and they never really pushed me in one direction or another to, to, to do anything always supportive just seeing their work ethic and and the way that they uh always were willing to do whatever it took to make sure i was where i was supposed to be when i was supposed to be there and the the discipline they um placed in my life was was really awesome and my grandparents on my dad's side were were always really supportive and and obviously as i've already mentioned you know my grandfather on my mom's side um was was really influential as far as just teaching me about about the christian walk and and seeing the way he was always patient and kind with everyone he met and um you know he didn't he didn't see um the race barrier as far as who he would be willing to to be to sit down and talk with and i know that's Mm -hmm. in the south is it's kind of shot upon but you know he didn't mind going to wherever and sitting down with whoever to have a conversation about Jesus. And, and that was really cool. And then of course my grandmother on my, my mom's side, um, just her patience and her, her resiliency and toughness that, that I got to see later in life, um, is actually, um, something that that's really stuck with me too. And then musically, um, I never really had the talent, but my brother <laughs> has a great talent for it. And he's always inspired me in that, that aspect to um, just how he introduced me to music and, and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, you know, all, all of them collectively um, have, have played a, a part in my life. And then um, obviously friends in college and, and friends that since I've been out of college have, have helped me in a lot of different ways, just being there for me and, and giving me good guidance and, and always tell me the truth, whether it was what I wanted to hear or not. So, um, there's a lot, yeah. a lot of people I could could go on a long list, but just had a bunch of good group of friends. Yeah, and you know, I think that's I think that's something that maybe I didn't realize as much at the time as I do now, looking back. That just how lucky I was to have solid friends um, growing up that 
that have my best interests in mind and not necessarily worried about what was cool at the time or whatever. But, you know, we just, we stuck to who we were and, and confident in ourselves and, and what we, mm-hmm. we brought to our relationship with each other. So, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, for the people that listening to the podcast, uh, he talked about his brother being the the music minister in Antioch Baptist. That's actually where Reed's youth minister job is, and where they where him and his wife go to church. He's uh, I've met I met his brother a couple times when I went to the church over there, and he's a really cool guy. Yeah, but yeah, he's great, man. He's a he's a good influence to have for sure. Yeah. So uh, you said you grew up in a Christian household. I know it's very like typical. I, I grew up in a Christian household as well. Um, that you get saved really early in life. So when did you get saved? Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I remember um, about ten or eleven years old. Um, I was I was transitioning between fifth and sixth grade, and when I I decided to to walk down the aisle and, and do that process. But you know, I I remember even before that asking my grandfather questions when. We'd be around mm-hmm. town because, like, like I, like I said before, I had a really good support network. I mean, I remember um, my brother eight years older than me, so once he graduated and um, and moved on, you know, it would be a one grandparent pick me up to take me to school and one to take mm-hmm. me home, et cetera. So there's always good, good opportunities to have conversations, and you know, I remember a lot, a lot of times riding around with my my pastor grandfather and um, him taking me off to back roads and in a place called Bentley, Mississippi, real, real rural area outside Mm -hmm. County. Um, It's actually where he grew up and it's just nothing but back roads. And, you know, he'd, he'd let me drive when I wasn't supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But, you know, I remember um, once, once I, I really started to ask more and more questions then they encouraged me to, you know, to, to talk more with our pastor at the time. Um, his name was brother Danny Spratlin and he was mm-hmm. interim in our church at the time. So that's, that's who actually baptized me there at Derma. And, you know, from there, man, I was, I was excited. And uh, I remember as soon as fourth grade rolled around, I'd already started Bible drills. And so that just gave me more, more interest to, to learn God's word more through that. And mm-hmm. high school. Um, and then obviously as, as I got older, things looked a little different and changed, you know, instead of maybe doing Bible drills for purposes of learning about the Lord, I was too worried about going to, going to this, try to make it to state to maybe see girls or different stuff like mm-hmm. socialize more than, than actually, uh, practice my faith. But, um, you know, early on, that was definitely, definitely, um, something that I know for sure that was a moment, um, that, that year that I, uh, I accepted Christ and, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously just like everyone real immature in my faith, but as different things have happened in life, um, you know, I've, I've been able to mature and see more of God at work through, through me and for me. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, so moving on to a little less personal stuff. Um, what is your favorite book in the Bible? Um, yeah, so, um, actually, um, this kind of ties into a little bit of my, my story, um, post high school, but James has always been, a a book that that's really been good for me. Um, 
So once I, I got out of high school and went into college, I, I had some pretty, pretty tough times, um, especially my freshman year of college. Um, I had a pretty bad back injury coming out of football mm-hmm. my senior year of high school that um, kind of left me in a, in a place where I, I couldn't play basketball, but I was able to, to play baseball. And, um, mm-hmm. and that led me to be able to go to, to Mississippi College. But all, all of my, my high school years were kind of surrounded by what looking back now, and there was an idol for me in that, you know, in that sports and yeah. putting that on a pedestal and instead of clinging to my faith and, and knowing that that that's what defined me, I, I let sports define me. And so um, mm-hmm. I got into, once I got into that freshman year and, um, you know, I, I would go places with friends and do stuff, but I never really, I never really got into the party scene. I didn't think that that was, that was just never really something that appealed to me, but, yeah. Um, unfortunately I did judge people a lot, um, not realizing that I was doing it. And that was something that, that convicted, convicts me now looking back. And I know that that, that messed me up a lot, but I say all that to say that, um, you know, once I, I started to experience the, these trials, one of those being losing baseball, um, so I got, mm-hmm. got into college my freshman year, that, that injury just kept kept plaguing me and kept bothering me. And so I, I red shirted um, that year and, and which meant I could, I could still practice and do stuff with the team, um, but I couldn't participate in the games. And so that was tough because like, like I said, my, my whole identity was, was just wrapped up in, in, in sports. Yeah. And so um, that was tough. And then getting ready to, to go into exams, my, my freshman, freshman year in January, I get a call that, my parents' house had all but burned down. A, a bad storm had come through, and and that mm-hmm. was just really tough having to see them struggle through that. You know, people who had who had given up all of their time and energy to help me reach my my goals, and then it, I just kind of felt helpless to not be able to help them. And mm-hmm. um, leading out of my freshman year into that summer, um, I stayed down in Jackson and, and worked a job to try to try to help pay for school because um, I knew that that was something that that wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to you know they wouldn't be able to do with with how they were struggling and, um, yeah. as you know being a private school Mississippi College is pretty expensive and even if I was mm-hmm. getting some some scholarship through baseball it just wasn't enough to cover the full the full deal and so um, I just had a, a lot of struggles going on and I missed home and I I miss my friends and I saw people going to the beach and doing all the fun stuff. And there I was working every night till 10 or 11 o'clock closing and just mm-hmm. a dark place and depressing time. And I get, I get home. I decided in May, I, I want to move back before school starts. And, and my grandfather who I'd mentioned before, you know, had been a past stuff. Mm-hmm. He'd been struggling with Parkinson's for a while. And, and yep. Um, you're not familiar, you know, those that aren't familiar with it, it, it pretty much made him unable to speak and preach anymore. And, and that was tough on him. And, and obviously tough on all my family having to help take care of him and, and him being able mm-hmm. to do the things he'd always done. And he actually ended up passing away, um, in June of that year. And so all of those things just, you know, on top of each other, one after another, after another, just really got me down and, and I remember just 
um, being led to James through through a sermon one time at at, at church at FBJ and and just seeing that you know it's through the through the struggles that that we get perseverance you know as James said perseverance yeah. and James so, one yeah and it allows us to push forward and to to be um, better versions of Christ like people and I I was mm-hmm. too worried about myself and, and and how I could or you know get to my goals and my dreams instead of worrying about what what God had for me um, and that kind of led into uh, really kind of a turning point for me whenever um, got back my sophomore year of college and we were in a, a mm-hmm. small group guys study um, through a book called not a fan. I think um, Will might've done that with you guys at some point too. I think you're familiar with that. Yeah. It's like not a fan, but like, a follower. yeah. And so Kyle Eidemann just really, um, you know, speaks through that book uh, about how, um, you know, God doesn't call us to, to be fans of him, but, but he wants us to be, to be followers, to be devoted to him, to, to be true disciples. And, um, you know, we're not, we're not designed and created to, to serve ourselves or just to, um, seek out things that benefit us, but rather to, to realize that, Hey, Jesus himself struggled. Jesus himself, um, went through hard times so why should mm-hmm. we feel like we're exempt from that and there was um, a couple of quotes that i i've kept with me and jotted down and and that have really stuck with me through that and one was um he talks about that there's no life without death and and yeah. that sounds kind of maybe kind of harsh but but when 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 i look back over my life especially during that time i realized not death in the sense of my grand my grandfather dying or, or those things, but death to self, death to my bitterness. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what as fans uh, of Jesus, sometimes we're willing to be disciples because we think that we know stuff about him. So that's what makes us a Christian um, when he's mm-hmm. looking for that that intimacy, you know, with him. And that yeah. that kind of stuck out from that was Galatians three twenty three which says, um, you know, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who, who lives, but him who lives through me. And that's a, Mm -hmm. but that's not just a one-time thing. You know, that's an everyday, um, everyday thing that, you know, we've got to, got to die to self and, and die to what separates us from being intimate with him in order to, um, to fully, you know, be, be, that he wants us to be yeah and so like uh in second corinthians i think it is uh you're a new new creation entirely so like the old has passed away the new has come and and i know that you know that's probably kind of deep deep just to go from you know what's your your favorite book but you know and why why you know that was challenging to me and and that's written by you know jesus's brother himself you know, mm-hmm. and so who better to talk about struggles and and those things than the guy who watched Jesus um, be crucified on the cross firsthand? Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. I'm actually on the podcast. I'm gonna I'm going through James one right oh, now. Cool. Okay. Yeah, last week's episode was on James one. Yeah, so that's, that's a really great cool. book, man. It it really um, it was really um, 
good for me the time you know through that time that time and to be able to to look back now and know that um i think that's the point you know i know i was saved engaged but that's Mm -hmm. the point where i really started to vote to devote more time and effort into my relationship because that's what it is it's a relationship it's not a list of hey i went to church today or hey I, i got this done but um god's not interested in our checklist he's already done done the work on the cross um we don't Mm-hmm. You don't have to earn that salvation. And so that's something that that I really needed to focus on at the time. And and now looking back, I realized that. So yeah. that's cool, man. Um so a little lighter subject. What is your favorite worship song? Oof. Um any K Love in uh, that? So uh yeah. Um uh, not the biggest K Love fan, obviously, you know that. But <laughs> I do um uh, I love music. Uh, I think I, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier with my brother being as did and mm-hmm. just growing up, um, growing up with my, my parents always listening to the Eagles and stuff like that. But music's a big part of who I am and, and what I do. And, and so I guess if I, I could, I don't think I could pick just one, but there are a few out right now that are, are really good. Um, I know that um, mm-hmm. it's kind of old, but great. Are you Lord by all sons and daughters is one that's all really good um that is and then uh i guess kind of newer age um king of my heart and king of kings both are really good ones Mm -hmm. and and powerful songs just to close your eyes and and in that moment with with him that's really so what about him and a hymnal so or him two classics this um one was my grand one of my grandfather's favorites we we actually sang it at his funeral um he was one of those that um he didn't want to want us to have like a formal um deal but as far as that or whatever Mm -hmm. we actually sang we sang a couple of hymnals and we just had church that day and um this was one of the ones he always loved and that's amazing grace just a classic Mm -hmm. and then um yeah. Another one that's always stuck with me just because the story behind it. And that's it as well. It is well with my soul. Um, that is, you know, for a guy really to be good, able man. to write that after losing everything, um, pretty powerful mm-hmm. just to know that no matter what storms come, that when it's all said and done, this is just temporary, you know, but, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, God's forever and his kingdom's forever. And so I'll rest in that and know that, that it is well with my soul. <laughs> That's cool, man. So um, moving on to the next question, what do you think is like the best advice that someone that just got saved needs to hear? Um, I think, you know, kind of like I touched on earlier, you know, um, I think it's easy for us to to get caught up in the the legalistic side of things and to maybe maybe look at others and and misjudge um, in the sense of, you know, we, we want to take scripture and say that we're supposed to judge people by their fruits, but we don't really know what all is going on in their life. And so I think that was one thing I know I always struggled with um, was judging mm-hmm. people harshly without even knowing their, their, yeah, their side of the story or anything. And that obviously doesn't, um, that doesn't, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it doesn't mean it's okay, you know, for us. Mm-hmm. As Paul says, we shouldn't continue sinning just because we know we have grace. 
but yeah. but to be able to be um, more patient and loving with others um, and not to judge them so harshly and to judge ourselves when we mess up because um, mm-hmm. you know we're not perfect beings and we should never try to be and that's something that I looking back I wish I had known maybe more of and and maybe um, not been such such a box checker as okay well I didn't mm-hmm. party tonight. Or I went to a, a friend's house who was having a party, but I didn't drink, so I'm better off than they are. We try to compare yeah. ourselves a lot. And so I know as, as a young Christian, that's something I wish I would have done a better job of um, and not necessarily sticking my nose up. And and, and it's crazy because I, I think if you were to ask anybody, I don't think they would have noticed it um, outwardly because I, I'm a pretty easygoing guy and, and got a with everybody mostly, mm-hmm. but inwardly that's something I really struggle with, you know, well, how can they do well at sports or how can they win games when they're acting like this and doing this? And here I am trying mm-hmm. to do right. I was doing everything for selfish reasons, you know? And so I think yeah. that's, that's a great advice or maybe not be great advice, but I know if I were giving myself advice back in the day, that's something that, that I, I would probably say to myself is, you know, don't, don't get caught up in the comparison game, but um, just compare yourself to Jesus. You know, how, how did I live yeah. up to his standard today? Obviously I'm not going to be able to live up to that ever. So. Mm-hmm. Just have to keep improving on what you can and uh, do what you can to pr- to further your yeah, walk absolutely. with Christ. You know, the Galatians, as we said earlier, Galatians three twenty three, every day, um, dying to self mm-hmm. every day, as you said in Corinthians, every day being a new creation. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this is going to be the last question. So what is something that you hope to accomplish later in your life, whether it be spiritually or be like in, in your job as a chaplain or as a coach? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's always a goal as a competitor, or as a coach to, you know, you want to win and win championships and, and be the best um, X's and O's guy. But you know, I think for me, especially the past few years, I've, I've come to realize that um, as a as an educator and a coach and and just an overall person that I'm I'm nothing without my students. And so I guess that would probably mm-hmm. that's um, what I hope um, if I could say I accomplished anything is that, you know, they'll they'll know um, how much I love them and care for them. And that, you know, yeah. if, if if they're name is on any role that I have, whether it's just I'm their teacher or whether maybe I just saw him at school one day that they'll know that, you know, that guy, that guy loves us and that guy cares for us and he wants what's best for us. And, and just to build relationships um, and capture their mm-hmm. heart. Uh, one of a pretty influential book that, that kind of uh, helped me just in my, my non um religious life and coaching was it's called 3d coaching and talking about Mm -hmm. you know anybody can be good at the at the x's and o's and anybody can be good at the at the mental side of the game but it's it's the coaches that can that can get that third dimension which is the heart and that's the ones who are really Mm -hmm. good coaches that that know their players that know their students and and they're there for them no matter what so yeah that's cool man all right, so that, that's going to wrap up all the interviews. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but we have a recommendation every week. 
and it can be like a song it can be anything basically that you would recommend to somebody it can be like one of the books yeah. you mentioned not a or 3d coach yeah if you well, do that. Um, as far as uh books you know there's been several that's helped me um john gordon has a lot of good leadership books that that aren't just for for coaching but for all all people who are in leadership positions so um i would suggest any any of his readings but besides music one of my other passions is food uh, i'm a fat kid so <laughs> anytime you happen to find no. if anybody finds their stuff down in jackson area pig and pint phenomenal place yeah. um uh, so it's, a, it's a barbecue type place but they actually have a very mm-hmm. good um smoked bologna and cheese sandwich which is phenomenal um so if you're looking to clog your arteries and, and you know, there's maybe somebody from Pig and Pine will hear this and want to sponsor me with a lifetime supply of Pig and Pine, and that would be great. But <laughs> yeah, bologna and um, cheese. But all their stuff's good. Um, I know one of our mutual friends, Will Overstreet, he was down visiting me not mm. too long ago, and, and we went and he got some loaded fries. I don't know, they were fries with barbecue and cheese and stuff just so it's a good hearty heart attack place to go to so sounds good when i when i come visit one day I'll, yeah man I'll that'll be exciting it. that'll be good all right uh my recommendation i actually ate this yesterday with will overstreet coincidence um it's handy andy's it's in oxford it's great bacon cheese there yeah the barbecue is fantastic there um, they have good hamburgers, like you just said, and, uh, it's just a really good place to eat. They have really good fries and good environment. And, uh, fun fact, Will Overstreet is on oh, the wall nice. there on in one of the sports pictures. Uh, must've been one of his, uh, infamous basketball championship day. Oh yeah. You know how big, much he likes big, to dunk. Big basketball guy. But, so. Yeah. He, he was the manager, um, in it, but yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for the interview. I really appreciate you coming on, Eric. It was a great interview and probably my favorite well, I, I I've done yet. I appreciate that, man. Like I said, I appreciate you having me and um, and everything that, that, that you and Reed, have, like I said, have started with this. I think it's great and um, look forward to hearing mm-hmm. hearing a lot of good things from it. So I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, man. All right. Uh, take I'll care. I'll talk to you later. All right, so that's going to do it for episode 18 of Young and Biblical, our interview with Eric Lofton. If you enjoyed, please follow us on Spotify to keep up to date on episodes whenever we release them. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at BiblicalYoung. And on Instagram, it's Young and Biblical. On Facebook, it's Young and Biblical. And our email is youngandbiblical at gmail.com. So if you enjoyed, follow us, like us whatever it is, wherever the social media site is, do that. It's going to be in the description below. And as always, stay tuned for next week, James 1 Part 2 on the series on James. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.